Welcome back to Animation Fascination. I'm Mark, and with me again, as always, is Stanford Clark. Hey, how's it going? And today, this is a special bonus Halloween episode that we're doing. Uh, it's going to be just the review for Henry Selleck's and Jordan Peele's new film, Wendell and Wild. Uh, usually, if you listen to this podcast or uh, watch any of the reviews as well, uh, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature all the latest news around the animation industry and main topic discussing TV series, film, or something else. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it's up for discussion to geek out about. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, this episode is a bonus where we're going to be talking about the new stop-motion animation film from Henry Selleck and Jordan Peele that was released just recently. Now, Stanford, you said you got to go see it. Uh, uh, what was the film festival that was playing at? They saw so that? it's called Animation is Film. It was a it, it was a film festival that just happened last weekend. It was the October twenty first to the twenty third. Uh, it was in L.A. and it uh, uh, the film I guess technically made its U.S. Uh, premiere. They're uh, they're at the at the festival. I think it's been playing in limited release in you know in some theaters. I we didn't get it here that I could find in Salt Lake City. And same for you, Mark. Right? You weren't able to see it wasn't playing on the big screen. Yeah, I tried. I tried to see if it was playing anywhere near here because when like the Gray Man came out that Netflix did with the wrist yeah. I went and was able to see that the week before it came out in, in theaters. Yes. But, I think even like the Sea Beast played here, uh, and like like a few other ones. And I'm 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 thinking that Glass Onion is going to be playing here too. So it's weird that like this was like one of the only ones. I know. I'm hoping Pinocchio, that uh, Game Out of the Turtles, Pinocchio will play here too. So yeah, same. But I don't know. I guess I guess I have to wait and watch. But. Yeah, so how how was that experience getting to to see it in theaters? We can I guess we can talk about that before we get into like the, the main Yeah, review. you know, it was I enjoyed it. So, uh Henry Selleck was there and uh so so Keegan Michael Key was there and supposedly so was Jordan Peele. At least I saw pictures after the fact on social media. He was on the red carpet, but he didn't mm-hmm. come into the auditorium. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was t- time limited or, or 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 whatever. Also, there was the actress Lyric Ross who voices the main character of Cat, and uh, not Kiki. Another- <laughs> yeah, right. Another thing that was interesting too, Mark, is that uh, so there's the, there's a Q and A after pretty much every screening at this festival. I mean, you know, which is kind of indicative of, of film festival format right. anyway, but. Uh, so Henry Selleck was there, of course, talking about it. So it was Keegan Michael Key, uh, and and as I mentioned, Larry Cross. Also present was was an artist named Pablo Lobato. Uh, he's an Argentinian uh, illustrator, and that's who Henry Selleck worked with on the character designs. This was this was Pablo Lobato's first animated film project. He's just he typically just does illustrations for like newspapers and magazines. He has a very okay. distinctive style. And I can send you some of his, you know, his work just so you can kind of get an idea of how it informed the character design of the of the film. Because the film, that's I think one of the things that's very distinctive about it is is it's got 
a very different character design. You know, it's not like just something you say, oh, yeah, yeah. that looks like The Nightmare Before Christmas or that looks like Coraline. This doesn't look like anything that Henry Selleck, you know, had really worked on, I think, before. So um, anyway, that was that was very interesting to, to, to hear them. And also it was fun to, to attend. I think there were a lot of people who had worked on the film that were in the house. And That's so cool. that was, you know, that that, that brought a, I think a, a really positive energy, you know, to 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 the experience that you just might not get seeing it on, on a, a, you know, otherwise on the big screen. Uh, right. And 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 that was funny. Like during the credits, you know, people were giving shout outs to, you know, when their name would show up and stuff. Oh, yeah. So yeah, which uh, I I liked the credits, like what they did with the credits. That was it was really. Uh, cool like it was like all like the concept art and then there, there's yes. that there's that cool little thing at the very end of the tag where it likes i don't do you know who that was that shot that on their phone was it were they is that anybody that i don't know who, i think who, it's just like was, an animator right i just writing and, and they didn't indicate who it was but the crowd went crazy you know during it and yeah, I, th- uh, I thought that was cool like it I was like, "What? Where's this going?" And then, like at the end of it, it's like it's just like this little bit of a stop motion animation of of cat, yeah, like in like another room there. So I thought that was kind of like a a cool little like random extra thing at the end of at the end of the the credits there. I liked it too. Yeah. So watch the also watch the end credits, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any, of, any of our great listeners who uh, are going to watch this film. Yeah, now, and so did you watch it all on Netflix again after seeing it there? Or no, I've only seen it and... one time and it was and it was in that that in the theater last week. Okay, so I just watched it myself uh, uh, yesterday evening uh, and on, on Netflix and I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so I guess they kind of segue into this is so that this movie came out on netflix on october 28th so just this past friday yeah and then uh it had premiered at the 47th toronto international film festival back in september on the 11th of that month um and then like we said it was released in select uh theaters last week on october 21st um and then it doesn't it doesn't list the uh, animation festival that you just saw it at, which is yeah, it didn't say it was played, played at animation as film, yeah. Well, it, it did, and it said it was the uh, opening night film, and and also that was the its U.S. premiere, according to the yes. animation as film uh, folks. And then it's it's gotten uh, a lot of positive reviews from critics um, who also welcome suck back, or not really back, but like as like ret- like his return and praise it's like stop motion animation and characters yeah. i mean what was it 13 years mark since yeah since, since Coraline? yeah because i mean he's tried to make two films since then but unfortunately one not kind of got like had a whole kind of backstory to it where it got it was basically done and then just kind of never kind of uh, like the whole like batgirl situation with uh, WB kind kind of sort of similar to that, uh, and then uh, there was an, like another film that he had wanted to work on but never got to. So because of that, and like I've been a fan of all his films too. Like um, of course, you know, there's 
Nightmare Before Christmas. It came out like what, 1993? Mm-hmm. And then we got shortly thereafter, we got uh, James and the Giant Peach. And like bo- both of those um, were like with Disney as well. And then, uh, then the most recent one that he did was Coraline, which, side note, um, I mean, people probably already know this as well. If they have listened to, to or watched this this podcast, is that Coraline's going to be getting a 4K re-release uh, very soon too. So if if you haven't already picked that up, or even if you already own it, I would say to bump snag it up that and 4K, upgrade it to just yeah. as, any of these. Like case in point, Wendell and Wild watching that in 4K on Netflix uh, last night. It looked fantastic. So. Specifically, one of the things I liked a lot in that too was, um, so they did do the stop motion, but then they integrated the like this. I'm I'm not sure exactly what kind of animation was it. It looked like a drawn or illustrated animation, but it also had like this kind of. Sometimes it was like a shadow esque type of animation. the closest thing i can kind of uh compare it to would be like in the the harry potter and the deathly hallows films uh where they do the retelling of the like the three brothers oh yeah um, and like you know like with the elder one the Mm -hmm. invisibility cloak and the resurrection stone it was kind of like that where it's like it looks like it's like a shadow light play kind of vibe to it so I, i liked that like how it would kind of move between those things especially like with cats uh being able to uh get like these premonitions of the future from time to time uh and speaking on that like overall how did you like the like the story to this um and kind of like its themes and whatnot to it so uh i was lukewarm about the story i loved this i loved the animation and i loved the creativity and it was just so wonderful to see a Henry Selleck film again. Yeah, but uh, I have some issues. I have some issues with 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 the with the story. But uh, but again, I love love loved the creativity and just really enjoyed the experience of wa- watching film. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like there was some like pacing. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to call them issues, but like maybe it's just like pacing. Just their choices, you know. It's, yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, I agree. The pacing, I had problems with the pacing, and I also thought there there was too much going on with the plot, or too many. Yeah, too many, yeah there was quite a bit sub, going on. There. Too many subplots, and I well, we haven't set up yet, but like spoilers all about for this. We're talking about yeah, the, spoilers. Like, <laughs> the entire the entire movie and everything. Yeah, like there was some stuff in there that I still had questions about. Like after. Right, uh, like like the movie it ended um, with. So there was Angela Bassett played the uh, sister. Was it Helly? Helly. Yeah, I Which, think it was Helly, wasn't it? I mean, I guess that would make sense. Hell, like if her and Cat were both supposed to be kind of like the um, the Hell kittens it? or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but 
Oh yeah, Hell Maidens, yes. Hell Maidens, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that sounds like a like a heavy metal, heavy like metal, 19, yeah, 1980s like Iron Maiden. Rock band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I wasn't like I know that like she was also supposed to have been like like a former Hell Maiden as like Cat is. Yes. But they kind kind of sort of don't ever kind of really explain what that is. I know. I wish they had. And, so that's the thing. I wish they had explored had explored more. That was more interesting yeah. to me. I thought also more relevant to the plot, really. Yeah, and like, like, and then she she had like these powers that which they never really explained because she's like, I don't know, like teleporting, but like, like if you mixed uh, Nightcrawler from the X Men with like a mole with how it like how you'd see like the dirt like move under the the ground that's yes. what it, it looked like where like it was her yeah. teleporting but it was like it was like, like that uh, yeah like like, like like gopher and winnie the pooh with you you can see the dirt like moving when <laughs> yeah he's going you around. see this lump of dirt right moving move, yeah, moving through the yeah yeah so that was like that was only like one of the questions that i had because I'll admit, like, when I watched it last night, I was very tired, so I did fall asleep for a period of time. So I thought that maybe I had just missed something. And then I went back and rewatched the movie uh, earlier today to fill in, like, where I had uh, passed out from being so tired yesterday and still didn't know what was, like, where that came from. So, and like, I know that you don't, you you shouldn't really have to explain everything like in a movie story-wise exactly but, exactly but i felt like maybe like at least specifically like that was kind of important just because if she uh the sister and cat are both supposed to be these hell maidens and i th- i think maybe it's explained but it's not quite clear because like cat's like power is that she has like the premonitions and can see the future so maybe sister Helly's like power is that she has like that weird kind of teleportation that she does. Yes. But again, that's like never like super clear that like hell maidens have like different powers kind of depending on what not similar to like Jedi's have different like things that they're better at or like, you know, like I said with X-Men that each of them would have like their own thing. So I don't, that that's like, maybe those are like the, the only two like, like negative things I would say about the movie is just like the pacing and then like just some like unclear like plot mechanics and uh, like character things there with that. Yeah, otherwise, and then, well, I'm sorry, right. please. After you. I was just, I was just going to say, uh, otherwise, like you had said, I, I really enjoyed the visual style of the film, how it was shot, like the, um, the production design to it. Um, the different characters that we did meet, um, even if I would have liked some of them explained or fleshed out in different ways. Um, but I did quite enjoy it a lot. Uh, what were you about to say? So, yeah, I just, again, just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with what, with what you said as well. And then for me, uh, just a couple of additional subplots are too many for, for my, you know, that I thought, um, uh, just kind of crowded it, crowded it, and and didn't for me didn't really work. Uh, 
but you know, again, that's just me. The uh, uh, still though, it's just I mean, so fun. What a great voice cast they assembled yeah. for this film. Uh, Keegan Michael Key as Wendell, Jordan Peele as Wild, uh, yeah. Larry Cross played the main character, Cat Elliott. Uh, Angela Bassett was the sister Helly, which we'll get to be seeing Angela Bassett again pretty soon in Wakanda Forever. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. She did. Me I think too. she did a really good job in this too. I like. Oh, I liked her performance a lot of yeah. this. Oh, yeah, uh, James Hong. James uh, Hong. I was so happy when I heard that voice. Like, oh my gosh, it's James Hong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kung Fu Panda fans, uh, like, a, I, that's like within the animation world. I'd say Kung Fu Panda fans, you definitely recognize his voice. I mean, he's done plenty of other stuff, but specifically, animation world fans, King Kung Fu Panda. There you go. Uh, Ving Rames was uh, yeah. Buffalo Belzer, which was. Which is apparently like Wendell Wilde's dad. Yeah. Like that was another and, thing I, I didn't know. Well, I was, I honestly, I like, oh. that would be another thing that I wish that they kind of had explained a little better. But yeah. I don't think, but, but, uh, again, maybe I missed it. You know, they were talking, you know, they were talking about it and I missed it. But it's, yeah. it just seemed that that was also just another plot thing. Like, wow, this is, this movie is really busy. Um, <laughs> with stuff you know mark one thing too that, that i neglected to mention that henry Selleck talked about you know in the q a uh portion is that he he's had this idea brewing in his brain for quite a some time for you know for years and and uh you know he started writing that book there was there's a there's a book that's yet to be published <laughs> but but he uh he authored a book uh with with the story with the writer Clay McLeod Chap- Chapman, uh, so I guess we'll have to see if that ever gets ever you know ever gets published. But he he took it to to, to uh, Jordan Peele. He said he was a big fan of Henry Selleck was a big fan of of, of Key and Peele on TV, nice. and and uh, and that just it just finally hit him. He said I really should hit them up, and 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 uh, he was able to he was able to get a meeting with them, and then and then. You know, Jordan Peele was able to get on board, and it makes sense because also one other thing that Henry Selleck mentioned was that he loves, uh, and you know we can see this from his from his previous work, he loves combining scary elements with funny elements, and and also with emotional, you know, yeah. elements, just kind of mix all that. and like yeah, that's you know Coraline, that's the Nightmare Before Christmas, you know what I mean? James John Peele, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then, and then clearly this too, you know, this, that, uh, most definitely this one, uh, as well. And who better to, to uh, work with on something, particularly when you want it to be scary, kind of scary and funny, um, you know, Jordan Peele. Yeah. And yeah, Jordan Peele, like even produced the film too, which I thought yeah was cool because it, it was interesting to see the, the monkey paw, um, the yes. actions thing in front of it, which and I thought a little visual thing that was kind of cool was that it showed the brewery uh, from the city in the background of that, that train shot. Yes. Within yeah. that. I thought that was cool too. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I recognized that like his production um, kind of like animatic at the beginning, um, like from other films that I've seen. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait, I don't remember ever seeing that in the background. And then when it, you know, like fades into the opening of the movie and you see that, I was like, Oh, okay. That, that's cool that they kind of yeah, worked that I like into that. They did that. 
Now, the kind of like bad guys in this, like the, I thought that was another interesting kind of uh, story choice too, which was like these two like very kind of like rich, uh, noxious, um, corrupt, like uh, husband and wife. Uh, Donald and Ivanka Trump. I mean, Ivana. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> was like, yeah, that, that dude out. very was very clearly like a kind of like a sort of a avatar for uh, for him. Yeah, yeah. Especially like with like nineteen yeah, eighties Trump. Yeah, but um, and like how they were doing like the privatized uh, jails in this, which. That's kind of an that's an interesting subject for them to like even like touch on in in this film too. And like we've said like in other like episodes of the show, it's like animation is for everyone too. So it's cool like when they have more of these kind of like ideas uh, that provoke you to think about things a little bit more and and whatnot. And like you could have I don't know like a a nine year old watching this movie for you know just like the fun uh demon funny stuff in here and some stuff like that but then you have like an adult watching it and it has like that different subtext of knowing about like the corruption of like privatized prisons and yeah. all of that like the the entire show orange is the new black is kind of based off of the yeah. whole privatized uh prison issue thing so uh, there's some good documentaries about that too but i thought i thought it was cool that it was something like they touched on like within the story of of this movie um so i enjoyed that i did like how they kind of got their comeuppance more or less by the end of the movie and like the the wife in this was was almost like if you took corella de vil and then ratcheted up like her evilness about 10 times beyond what it was in 101 Dalmatians, it would be the, this lady in the movie. Yeah. She even, it even, she even looks like Corella does by the end of 101 Dalmatians, like when, yeah. when her makeup is all like just happening. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's like what her look is like the entire route. Yeah. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> so I thought that that was interesting. She, she was just like murder crazy too. Like, she kills uh, James Hong's character, Father Best. Spoiler alert, he comes back because of the, the magic hair cream. Uh, yeah, I th- and I thought that whole thing was kind of funny too with like the, the that magic hair cream. And they were going to test it out on like killing what looked like an aphid type bug, it looked like. Yeah. Um, but then they're like, no, I kind of forgive myself if he didn't come back. Um, <laughs> but, and I liked how like they're all how Wendell Wild's whole essentially like end game thing was to make their own version of like a, like an afterlife fun fair. Like apparently, <laughs> apparently their dad, <laughs> Buffalo Belzer had made. Um, yeah. And what was interesting there was that. Um, so cat uses her precognition to give them a glimpse of the future where, um, like where the Rust Bank is revived and went on wild offer them VIP passes to their afterlife to her mother and father. Uh, so I was like, but w- so is, is one of wild's afterlife thing. Is that for, that's for hell though. Right. Or is like supposed to, 
Because they're demons? It was confusing. <laughs> Sorry, I was confused. I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought the same thing. I was like, wait, so are, are her parents in hell? What's right. Or is it just afterlife, you know? But it seemed like, yeah. you know, Wendell and Wilde are in hell. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, at least at least for who their, their dad is supposed to be, it seems like at least that area is supposed to be hell. Because they yeah. come up from below. I liked that whole joke there, too, where you could see, like, that like, kind of side um, view of, like, the earth. Um, and it was almost yeah. like an ant, ant hill type thing, and then some it falls. And I, yeah, I needed to pause that and go back because I'm sure there's plenty of like little Easter egg things in there, and, and maybe nods to other stuff that Henry Suck has worked on. I'm sure there's probably a Coraline thing there. There's probably a, oh, absolutely, yeah. And I couldn't necessarily just be a it on the big screen in there. Yeah, I couldn't necessarily distinguish it on the big screen, but also this move, this movie actually moves at a pretty good clip. You know, yeah. for the most part, I mean, as mentioned, there's some pacing stuff, but a lot of times when these really, when there's so much going on on the screen, yeah, I'm with you. I almost wanted to pause it just because yeah. I think there's going to be, there's going to be stuff. Yeah. The movie days. is, it is about like an hour and 45 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, so it's slightly longer than slightly longer than um, most animated films, but still like with under like under that two hour. Yeah. Uh, area one of the so one of the things i uh you know like how i had said um in your two is that we're like the stop motion and then the kind of different animation in here too uh i guess that's where they kind of took the inner the inspiration was from i saw just now that it says part of the film was done as a cutout animation to make the puppets look more two-dimensional mm-hmm. uh, they were made of tin coated uh, with silicone inspired by the shadow puppet animation in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, and an idea originally intended for Silex yet to be made stop motion film, The Shadow King. Yeah, so that the was Mark. One of, yeah. The um, Mark knows the stuff. Um, some of Wendell and Wilde was done as silhouette animation, utilizing a combination of physical cutouts and CGI with CGI used when cutouts were too limiting. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like that. I, I like. Even like more so like nowadays too, they've been doing that with a lot of animated films, where it's not one specific yeah, kind of it's kind of a hybrid animation. Like this wasn't a Henry Selleck movie, but it, it was also on Netflix. Was the like the you know the Mitchells versus the Machines, mm-hmm. um, where that that used every kind of animation. I th- I'd, yeah. I can think of like it, they used like sock puppets, right. There was hand-drawn animation in there, the the CG animation. I think there was stop-motion animation at one point. Mm-hmm. So Mitchell's versus Machines side tangent here is like that's almost like a good uh, showcase for like here's all the different ways you can animate stuff. Yeah, in one movie. Yeah, but now we've kind of talked about like some of the stuff we didn't like. But what was your favorite? Thing that that you saw in the movie that like really stood out to you and you liked the most. So, uh, you know, I was really grooving on the character design, uh, and and again, just as as we discussed about, and also just uh, uh, you know, the overall, the, just the production design too. I think 
there were a few scenes that I really liked. I think I, I, I loved I loved when Cat shows up at the school. Yeah. And she's got her uniform, but she's punked it all out, you know? Yeah. And then she's walking down the hall with her with their like 1980s boom box. <laughs> You know, I just thought that was that was just such a great image, and it just really, you know, like the nuns are walking on either side of her. It just really captures that that uh, character. I I I think that that's probably the part uh, I like the most. And then just again, just visually, it's just so interesting. You know, yeah. just just there's so much to look at, and. Uh, uh, and so I'm just so happy to see both the stop motion animation and then how well they implement these other things that you're just talking about, you know, these hybrid and CGI things. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and again, the character designs all cracked me up because I liked all the main characters. I thought that the one dude who looks like Marlon Brando in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And that was intentional. You know, if someone asked a question about that at the film festival, he's like, "Yeah, that was Marlon Brando." Thanks. <laughs> yeah. How about you? What was your? Did you have a favorite? Well, speaking of that guy, I, that was interesting with the feet on on the wheelchair, where like they weren't attached, they weren't like attached to prosthetic legs or anything. It was just like feet. Yeah. So, like that was another thing. Like when I had watched it initially and fallen asleep and woke back up. And I was like, wait, what's going on? With, is that like an animation choice with like his just like that? It's but then like they went flat. I don't know. I thought that was like a weird random thing there. Yeah. Uh, but I I did really like these animation styles, too. And I I liked hearing uh, Keen Peel together, like uh, kind of riffing off one each other again. Oh, yeah. One of the things I saw with the like development for this was that um, with it, uh, uh, Keegan Michael Key described the voice acting process where he and uh, Jordan Peele had came in and did a session against Static um, at recording booths, and then uh, sitting looking across at Jordan Peele, uh, like he and uh, Keegan Michael Key had a lot of ideas flowing back and one another, cutting each other off to kind of keep the like an organic feeling going. And then he said a lot of that stuff ended up getting uh, caught on the, or putting on like the cutting room floor um, as they were finding like the characters and the voices and they wanted a little refinement and some rhythm with it. Yeah. So he said they spent like a, lot, a good deal of time with like an initial scene that Henry Selleck had wrote discovering those characters uh, and like the framework around the scene. And then Henry Selleck took that inspiration to keep writing a bit of it as well too. Um, so I, I liked them in this, again, like playing off of one another. I enjoyed the, the show Key and Peele. I liked uh, their film Keanu that they did a while yeah. back now. Um, They're funny. Would, I, Toy Story 4, they were great. Oh, yeah. You know, the, that. Ducky and yeah. Bunny. You can't yeah, see it because yeah. it's off screen if you're watching the video of this. But um, my our buddy Tyler from the Pizza Planet truck had given me uh, one of those uh, tiki's that they did, I think, from D23 oh, yeah. a, a few years ago. But I, uh, the bunny is looking at at me over there, and, and ironically, with, we've talked about Harry Potter a few times. It's got a Harry Potter wand sticking in the top of it too. So <laughs> nice. But, yeah, I, I think it would be cool if 
like with the type of uh, like live action films that Jordan Peele has been making like these past few years, you know, between like Get Out and Us and now most most recently Nope. Yeah. Um, I think it would be interesting for Keegan-Michael Key to be in one of them. Uh, like I know, because he's still kind of stayed within like that the comedy genre of yeah, like film and yeah. TV. But I, I think it would be cool for them to team up again, but in like that new kind of uh, thriller horror genre area. Because like Jordan Peele's like horror like thriller movies, they're like they are like good thriller horror movies, but they do like have comedy in them. They're mm-hmm. not, you know, like super dry, make you fall like, like yeah, I don't know, like movies like that. But so I think it'd be interesting just for them to team up in that way, in like that type of film, um, just because it would be an interesting dynamic for them to have to change up from like the usual uh, stuff that they do together. Yeah. Now, uh, before we kind of like wrap up our Halloween special review for Wonder and Wild, was there anything else that you wanted to kind of like spotlight from this to to kind of speak about, like maybe like a scene or like a character in particular or anything like that? You know, for me, I mean, just to get specific, I thought I thought that the whole prison subplot, which I mean, it's it's not unimportant. The way that it got developed, but for me it was that was just like one plot too many, and uh, I know that I guess we needed those extra. Well, I'm not, actually I'm not sure if we needed those extra villains. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. But that was the one where I felt like, oh wow, this is just like one too many things yeah. going on. I think for this from for this film to really feel like it was it, it was cohesive or really you know I guess really great for me uh yeah but but i mean it all it all comes together in the end for the most part but still you know with some some unanswered questions but that's you know specifically what kind of pushed me i guess to my 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 thoughts on my current thought about it uh one of the the other things that i liked in this tool this two uh tool uh, in this two was the uh the character raul yeah, uh, who's who's a, a trans boy too in it, but they like they don't you know like they're not. It's just part of the story. So I like yeah. that's how it should be too. Is like, uh, and I'm I'm glad that we haven't heard about any like online uh, like trolls I or I guess I guess yet yeah, fingers crossed um, or just like hate groups in general that have like or those weird mom groups that get upset about really stupid stuff. Uh, I as thought be, it was hell. As can I be seen was... by, yeah, like, like turning red or even like some like, like the shores for Baymax and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, like how certain people get mad about very stupid things that they shouldn't be getting mad about. I like that, that, that role was in this movie and um, his whole story in the movie as well. I liked, that was a super powerful projector, by the way, <laughs> that was, how he was painting holy cow like, how he's painting um, all those roofs <laughs> yeah I was, I was like that's that's how you use animation is to be able to do like visual style yeah stuff like that. exactly and that was uh i'm with you i thought the way they handled raul was the, you know that 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 was done well and I, I loved the animation you know and again just the beautiful art that he yeah that he uh 
you know, this character creates on the rooftops of the town. Yeah. But yeah, so overall, I, I think from us, it's, it's a, it was a solid kind of three star in the middle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not super great, not bad, but like a solid, like if you want to watch something on Halloween or like around this time of the year, uh, it's definitely something that I think both in you, you and I would recommend to people to check out, especially if you like Henry Selleck. Yeah, so, yeah like, so, yeah, Henry Selleck fans should rejoice. You know, I bet they're gonna should you know should really enjoy. If you, it. If you like any of his his previous filmography, you'll definitely uh, enjoy Wendell and Wild as well too. And even if you're just a Keen Peel fan, you'll enjoy it just based on them being in the film and getting to team up again because that yeah. that's that's also it has been as long as Henry Selleck uh, directing uh, animated film, but it has been quite a period of time for them out i mean outside of toy story 4 um but even that was a few years ago now too so yeah um but yeah so that's gonna do it for our halloween episode this week so happy halloween everybody uh don't forget you can follow us individually on twitter and instagram and the show as well on uh, facebook and instagram and twitter as well um I can also find us on YouTube now for some of these, just like just the review parts of our episodes. All of the info is in the show notes of both the, the podcast and the, the videos. Um, we have, we have shirts and other stuff. If you ever want to get animation fascination merch, it's available. Um, you can follow our website, animationfascination.net, where all of this stuff is posted. And then you can email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Our episodes are edited by Trent Bactor, but for this Halloween of 2022, I'm Mark Bibbert. So for myself, Stanford Clark, thank you for listening and make sure to tune in again next time.